Portland pizza makers love to use a nice organic flour. They use thyme rather than sugar to speed along their dough, so there's gonna be either the natural fermentation or a pouliche or a biga involved. Um, really, they're, they're bakers. Um, you know, they're not just pizza makers. Chardelle Dews has been slinging pizzas for more than 20 years, mostly in Portland, Oregon. She's worked for some big names, but also took time to learn the craft of butchery, which has paid off handsomely now that she's running her own spot in town. The story of red sauce, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And hello and welcome, pizza fans and friends. We are in our final show of the year. That year went really quickly. Uh, we are going to be talking about um, another pizza place in the Pacific Northwest today, but first I want to remind you about Chicago Pizza Festival. Uh, we've locked down our lineup. We have 39 Chicago pizzerias, one from out of town. I'm not going to tell you from where just yet, but we're going to have one out of town pizza maker here. I'll give you a hint. He makes Sicilian style pies, July 23rd and 24th. You could book a room at the Ace Hotel. They've got a discount for our, our friends and fans. Uh, it's Chai Pizza. That's C-H-I Pizza. That's the discount code to use at the Ace Hotel in the West Loop. It's about a five-block walk from there, July 23rd and 24th of 2022. Okay, Nathan Mervold, you've heard his name before, the Modernist Pizza Clan, um, Francisco Magoya, Stephanie Swan. Uh, they are based in just outside of Seattle, and they called Portland, Oregon, the best pizza town in America. And there was certainly a lot of debate about that. I had argued that I can see why he said that, because the pizzas there just seem to be really focused on baking. Um, there's not a lot of styles of pizza there. There's like two, maybe three styles of pizza in Portland. But um, nonetheless, the, the pe people who are making pizza are certainly committed to the craft. Uh, today's part three of a Rose City trifecta. We are highlighting the serious crusts and the bakers behind them. We actually have a couple more shows from Portland, but I'm going to hang on to them and space them out into the next year. Uh, we've got, uh, okay, so four weeks ago, Sarah Minnick told us how she went down the rabbit hole of artisan bread in order to make a better pizza at Lovely's 5050. And then two weeks ago, we stopped by Scotty's Pizza Parlor, a uh, joint where Scotty pretty much makes all the pizza himself. It comes out of the oven, including some stellar grandmas. This week, we are off to the Beaumont Wilshire neighborhood. It is quite charming. And I'm going to save you the 30-minute wait at Pip's Original Donuts down the street. Um, they're good, but not worth waiting that long for. You can't miss Red Sauce because it's the only business on the corner with a giant upside-down pizza sign. And I started off, as I do all of our shows, by asking our guest about their first pizza memory. Oh, yeah. Uh, every Friday night was pizza night. And we got pizza, I think, from like a Papa Murphy's, some sort of take-and-bake situation. And it would be adding the extra pepperoni and pineapple to the pie. That sounds slightly more exotic than my Shakey's experience as a kid in Minnesota. Uh, where'd you grow up? Uh, Vancouver and Portland. And 
not much of a pizza scene to speak of when you were growing up there. I mean, there weren't like a lot of artisan pizzerias. It was mostly chains, as you're describing. Mostly chains. You know, ev- I was very much into sports. So every, you know, sporting event at the end of the year, you would have your party at round table. Um, and I, that was always a blast. Unlimited pizza, kids running around, as much soda as you wanted to drink. Were these big slices cut from an 18 or 20 inch pie that you folded in half and kind of let the grease drip off or were they cut into squares? Tell me about the style of pizza you grew up on. Uh, I would say it's more similar to Shakey's and like Stark Street that's uh, it's out on like 90th and that's it, been around for 40 to 50 years. It's sheeter. It's more of a paste sauce. Uh, super lots of herbs and lots of cheese. Minimal toppings cut into, uh, it was an 18-inch pie cut into smaller triangular squares. Okay, so this obviously informs your pizza love as a child. How do you wind your way into this as a business? Um, Well, I've, you know, I've made pizza since I was 18. I've worked for a lot of different people, and I just... You say people. Any important pizza people or just people? Just people. No, I've worked for some. I've worked for some very well-known people. I worked for Brian Spangler of a Pizza Shoals for four glorious years, um, and I worked for. I worked for a lot of other pizza places, but none that would be recognizable like that one. When you say four years at Shoals, it's more like eight years in human life, right? Because four years there could probably age you. <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot, but it definitely aged me. <laughs> but you, what did you learn there? Obviously, how to make dough. Uh, I learned I learned a passion. Um, you know, you can have a job and do anything, and I'm I'm very I take a lot of pride in my work. I'm a Capricorn, but that place taught me to be absolutely obsessed with the dough, and to be obsessed with what I was doing, which was creating a really good pizza. And was Portland's pizza scene? I mean, like, I've only been here for a couple of days as I'm traveling around. It seems like there's a lot of pizza culture here. In eight, in oh nine, and ten, what was it like here in Portland? You had a Pizza Shoals, you got Taste Bud, and you've got Ken's. And so this was, are you, are you doing all of your sort of research and your uh, discovering in the kitchen there while you're working? Are you able to go out and sort of see other pizzas to get inspiration? Are you traveling at all? Like, how are you absorbing and learning and, and sort of continuing your craft? Oh, I had no idea that I wanted to start my own thing when I started at Shoals. I was working at another pizzeria, and I just... I hated it, and then I got a job over there, and I just worked my way up the ladder and then became the manager. But I had no, I didn't, I wanted to run that place. I wanted to actually buy Pizza Shoals. I wanted to, I wanted to stay there. So what took you to this tipping point where you decide you're leaving and you're going to do your own place, which is, is Red Sauce? Yeah. Well, I didn't go directly from a Pizza Shoals to Red Sauce. I quit there because I became miserable, and I'm pretty transparent about that. Um, sometimes things don't work out and that's okay. It's a learning point for both parties involved. But um, I quit there and then I actually went to become a butcher at a grocery store for two years. And that was just like another world. Would you recommend that to people in the pizza business to go be a butcher or was that just an interesting side um, thing? No, I just, I always really had a passion for meat. Um, I love smoking meat. Uh, one of my really good friends is a butcher, so I kind of always had an interest. And it was just something else to do to get out of the restaurant industry, you know, because managing a restaurant is a lot of work. It's a lot of stress, and so I just wanted something different. Again, I had a shitty boss, and so I was just like, I want to start a pizzeria. I missed making pizza. 
Um, I started making calzones out of my home and selling them to my colleagues at New Seasons, the grocery store where I was working. And then I just started networking. I took a business class. Um, That's so important. So important. Uh, I took a business class at Mercy Corps, and that really taught me a lot. I mean, there's, there's no bullshit. No, my instructor, Bill Horton, there really taught me to be honest with myself and really challenge me if I had what it takes to start a pizzeria in Portland because there's so much good pizza by this time. This is like, you know, five years ago. When you talk about pizzas in Portland, and I've asked everybody that I've talked to here, the pizza makers, is there a Portland style? I mean, Sarah at Lovey's 5050 said, you know, there's this attention to ingredients and the seasonality, and mm. uh, but it seems like, you know, the crust here, there's so much emphasis on the crust. There isn't, is there a Portland style of pizza? Like you could say there's a Detroit style of pizza. Portland pizza makers love to use a nice organic flour. They use thyme rather than sugar to speed along their dough. So there's going to be either the natural fermentation or a poulish or a biga involved. Um, really, they're, they're bakers. Um, you know, they're not just pizza makers. Um, and we are surrounded by wonderful farms. So all the good ones take advantage of using those seasonal greens and local produce and keeping it sustainable in season. Because um, you, can, you can even see now with the supply chain, everything breaking down, if you're already going local, you don't lose that supply chain. There's no doubt, I've got, you know, there's five really solid places, and that's pretty amazing. I mean, they're not just like mediocre, they're fantastic. This is not a huge city. It's really not, and and the, the Portland pizza scene is very close-knit, everybody knows each other, whether they like each other or not, that's a different story, but you know, they're all influential on each other, and in some way they've all helped each other out um, craft their product, I think. All right, so I'm going to go back to your story. You, you go take the business class um, to open a business. When do you decide to open up Red Sauce? Well, I actually got really good advice from a friend of mine, and he said, if you're going to open up a business, buy an existing pizzeria that looks like they don't give a shit anymore, because then you don't have to do a build-out. You can literally open up the next day. Um, in my case, I couldn't open up the next day. I did find a really <laughs> shitty pizzeria, but it took me three months to clean out because it was pretty gross. Um, but you want to give that place a shout out? What was it called when you bought it? Uh, shout out to Rocket Pizza. All right, Rocket. <laughs> they uh, left you the oven? This was the other location. Then I moved because the, the people that owned the place were the landlords and it was just, it was horrible. So I said, screw this, I'm, going, I'm moving my location. So I moved my business in three days and I opened back up on day four and it wasn't great, but it got better from there. And uh, I got brand new ovens. I got the Capone Michelangelo oven. And what were you learning along the way? Because obviously your customers will dictate sometimes. Not if I can help it. All right. <laughs> my motto is the customer is always wrong. I just, I do, I make the kind of pizza I want to eat. You know, and if someone doesn't like, obviously I'm still in business, so customers must like what I'm doing. When I say the customer is always wrong, it's when people complain about, you know, the 20% gratuity that we have or they're just a bad customer. I don't mean dictating. People can put as many toppings as they want on a pie. That's their prerogative, you know. Um, but deep down, you're like, please don't put more than two things on your pie. Don't. Oh, man, I've got one of those horrid customers, but I'm trying to get him to go away. 
<laughs> I'm gonna, I wanna hear more about this pizza. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna keep talking with Shardell Dews about pizza here at uh, Red Sauce in Portland. And we're also gonna preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Pizza City is brought to you by Pizza Master Ovens. You love the sound of dough being transformed into crust. But what about the dough in your pocket? If you make pizzas for a living, then you know a fully loaded oven affects heat recovery time and makes everything take longer. That affects your bottom line. Say hello to Pizza Master, the most powerful electric oven on the market. It has clay ceramic hearthstones. That means crispy crust every time. And talk about precision. You can adjust both the top and bottom heating elements to make any style of pizza, which is what Pauly G's Logan Square owner, Derek Tung, was looking for when deciding to add Detroit-style pizzas to his existing menu of wood-fired pies. We started using the Pizza Masters for our Detroit-inspired Logan Squares. And, you know, really, it's all about the control. It's one of those ovens where you have the ability to control what the temperature's at, but not only that, how much heat is on the top deck, how much heat's on the bottom deck, how often they're firing. Um, it really allows you to do almost any style you want in the oven and just tweak it by small amounts. Plus the ability to get up to 932 degrees combined with exceptional recovery heat allows for high capacity output during peak times. That's money in your pocket. Pizza Master offers 85 different models and thousands of combinations. They've also got demo kitchens all over the country, so go take one for a test drive. Visit mpmfoodequipment.com and use the promo code PIZZACITY to get a free swag bag at your demo. That's mpmfoodequipment.com and request your test bake or demo today. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Shardell Dews today uh, at Red Sauce in Portland. Uh, Shardell, by the way, what neighborhood are we in? It's a very charming neighborhood. Mm, we are in the Beaumont neighborhood. The Beaumont, okay. I'm going to walk around here and get some vintage clothing maybe later. Okay, um, so we're talking dough now with your pizza. This, you said, was made yesterday? Yeah, this was made yesterday, but I kept it in the walk-in so that it'd be not too overproof for our pizza making today. And you know the sort of, not, the, not just the names of your flour millers, but their children and their hobbies, I'm guessing, and where they live and their address. And I know all that, their Instagram handles, their birthdays, their astrological signs. What's the flour? Um, right now we're using a central milling type 70 and I mix that with um, central millings conventional Keith's best flour and we do like a 80 to 20 ratio on that um, and then I use a different flour for my poolish. Lots of water? Lots of water. Uh, the hydration for us changes depending on how the flour absorbs the water. That can change with the milling of the flour, with the season and you kind of notice that as you're going along you'll get a new lot of flour and it might be tackier than other times so we'll adjust the hydration very like we're talking like a percent we make a poolish a pre-ferment at the end of service um, using a tiny pinch of commercial yeast we'll mix that together it'll sit on the bench overnight someone comes the next day at about 9 a.m. and then mixes. We fold and fold the dough probably every 45 minutes for about four hours and then we will shape, let the dough rest for about two more hours and then we're good to stretch. So we keep a dough log just so the person coming in can know how the dough was and then they can know what 
tiny adjustments to make it. Maybe a little more yeast, maybe a little more, less water. It'll be hotter, colder. Um, These are skills clearly you learn as you've made pizza so many years. The temperature is so crucial, the ambient temperature, right? Yeah, everything is. I mean, when you really get to think about it, there's so many variables. Um, and it takes a lot of practice. You know, I love when someone's like, the dough's doing this. And I'm like, oh, we'll do this. And they're like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I've been doing it for years. You know, I don't use a lot of baker's math. I use how it feels, how it tastes, how it reacts in the oven. You got two balls here? Yeah, I got two dough balls. Dip each side in some flour. I like to dust the peel with a little bit of semolina. Now you're being pretty gentle with this uh, dough. I, I can see, wow, the indentations from your fingers with very light pressure. Yeah, I mean, this is really delicate dough. Um, you're not going to throw this dough in the air. This isn't uh, Hot Lips pizza or your chain pizza. You're going to rip a hole in it. And you're going to probably piss me off. Now, as you're doing the sort of the hand stretch here, um, I'd see gravity is doing most of the work. Exactly. Uh, that took about seven to eight seconds to really get it out to, what are you, 14 inches? Uh, I'm going to go out to s about 17, but yeah. Okay. And all I'm doing is watching for thin spots. When I see someone do this and they don't tear it, and it's just every, it just seems uniform across the middle, and yet there is this raised heel, which I know is going to be twice as big when it comes out of the oven. Mm -hmm. That's just, to me, that is so impressive. Okay, now your cheese? Yeah. Well, sauce. We're going to do sauce first. Uh, we use Dinopoli tomatoes, and I just use their ground tomatoes. Um, Any seasoning in there as well? Yeah, we add some herbs, some oregano, some parsley, basil, dried basil, and some fresh garlic. And you're really spreading it out pretty thin. I'm gonna add a little bit more. I like, you know, we are not, we're not called red sauce for nothing. Okay. I like a lot of sauce. But there's obviously a little bit more pressure on this since the, the name of the business is red sauce. You feel like you've got to give us a little bit more a, a TLC? Uh, I just really like tomato sauce. To me, like a pizza has tomato sauce, even though we have some pies that don't have it on there. Like I have never ordered a pie without tomato sauce because I love it. cheese some some cheese different cheese yeah we're gonna this is some um grana padano and some pecorino romano mixed together 50 50 and we're gonna go pretty generous around there so we can get that nice salt pop we use uh grande uh whole milk aged mozzarella um and of course if you're not weighing your cheese you're doing it wrong Yep, you are definitely weighing it out here. That is really good advice for anybody listening who is in the pizza business because I can't tell you, I've been doing the podcast for about two years. Um, I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've seen someone weigh it, at least for the interview portion of this show. Maybe they do it when yeah. I'm not looking. A lot of people don't weigh the cheese. We make our Canadian bacon. We cure, smoke it, brine it in-house. Same with our sausage. We get whole pork butts, cut them down, grind it up, mix it up. I want to see the sausage um, from Chicago. Yeah, I'll make you a sausage pie. Our Let's sausage is excellent. Actually, my friend who's a butcher, Sarah Schneider, she this is her sausage recipe. It's fantastic. Fennel? Is there fennel in there? Fennel, right. chili flake, wine, See salt. It. It's pretty traditional Italian sausage, but the beef uh, comes from Revel Meat Company, which is pasture-raised pork. And you're not like Dan Richer. You don't measure it with a caliper, so it's 1.75 millimeters thick? Uh, we do, <laughs> <laughs> but we also we weigh it before we put it on. I'm just not going to weigh it with you because I'm being generous. Okay. Um, but yeah, we have a certain amount we put on. We weigh the sausage. Uh, here we go, folks. The pinch in the press. I love to see this on the West Coast. It's going to shake it a little bit to loosen it. Oh, a little blow underneath the side to get uh, separation there. And now uh, launching it directly onto the stone hearth 
of this Michelangelo oven? Yeah, Capone Michelangelo. 620 for about uh, five minutes? Yeah, about five and a half minutes. We'll probably give it a turn in about a minute and a half um, if the bottom takes color really quickly because this is the first pie, so it's going to get the darkest char. I'll throw a screen under it and finish it on a screen, but the goal is to not put it on a screen. That way we get uh, all the crunch we want with the chew. Okay, pizza has emerged here at Red Sauce. We got the 50-50 here, the beef pepperoni and the sausage. It's, it's a little misshapen. It's a little bit oblong, which I'm gonna, I'm guessing, Shardell, is what you want. Uh, sometimes yes and sometimes no. I mean, one thing is being day-old dough, it's not quite as crispy as I'd like it. And also, you know, it got a little stuck on the peel. But this is okay. You've got some sort of char domes, really blackened. Uh, some would call that char, some might say burnt, uh, but it's sort of mixed in with some of the lighter browning. I mean, I love to see that variety. You don't want to have it obviously even, yeah. but is that what you're looking for? That's what I'm looking for. I love the caramelized flavor. That's the best part to me. I like a well done pie. We do a light bake option, but you're gonna look at this and, and some of the slices might look a little dark, but it's not gonna taste burnt. It's gonna taste really nice and caramelized and really nutty. Okay, so musical interlude here as we taste the pizza. We'll be right back. Just delightful. And I, as I was telling Chardelle, I love how you can eat the heel, just the naked heel of this pizza. It doesn't need more salt, doesn't need any more flavor. Um, I always wanna taste that kind of, I take, I take the tip and then I take the heel, and it's like eating great bread. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the ultimate compliment, right? It's like you're, you're a yeah. baker. Yeah, I love baking. I, w I was just thinking the other day I really want to jump back into making sourdough. We used to do sourdough once a week, and when the pandemic hit, you know, all the special shit went out the window. It was just <laughs> maintaining your every day. So I would love to get back into baking sourdough again. And regular listeners will know when I say OBR, um, absolutely here, optimal bite ratio. Just really you know, the balance between the cheese, the, the topping, sauce, everything in alignment here. Nothing is overwhelming. Um, everything sort of uh, is kind of the harmonizing it together as a great slice and a great chew and a great bite. One thing we were talking about during the break was uh, in terms of when guests typically get a pizza, they instinctively reach for Parmesan or red pepper or something. And, and you're like, well, you can see why you don't want people putting Parmesan because you've already got a pretty healthy handful of Parmesan mm -hmm. on the base. Yeah. Well, we use grana, but very similar. And it doesn't need anything extra. It's you, that saltiness you're giving it already. Yeah, it really doesn't need more than that. Um, so, you know, some customers even ask for salt and it's just kind of mind blowing. You know, especially you can take even our sausage, it's heavily salted. Customers want what they want. The sausage is such great flavor um, and it's a pretty significant pinch too. But you said that having that fatty, even though you've par cooked it, the fattiness really allows it to cook well and not get dry. Yeah, I went a little heavy. I should have measured it. That was one thing I didn't do. Um, I always get a little overzealous when I'm making someone a pie by myself, you know, and it's not in business hours. I'm like, ah, it needs a little bit more. But yeah, we use like a 30, 30, maybe 32% fat in there so that when we par bake it in a loaf, you've still got that fat still cooking on the pie. I just, I loved the, the combo of the crunch and the chew. To me, that, uh, it's just all about the crust always for me. And this obviously lives up to Lives up to billing. And by the way, Thank the beef you. pepperoni was great. A Thank little you. bit of cup and char. Not, it's not exactly like a, an ESO cup and char. It's but not. It's a, it's, 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 I, and again, I, I like the cup and char. Um, I just, like this stuff is like, it's so smooth. It's, and if you don't eat pork, it's a great substitute. Yeah. Final question we ask all of our guests on the show. Knowing what you know now about pizza, you said you've been making pizza for 30 years. 
You started when you were six? Um, no, I'm, well, I'm, 40, I'm 41. So let's see, I probably have 20. I started when I was 18, so I don't know. I, I got over 20 years. Right, so knowing what you know now about pizza making, what would you have told yourself pre-opening Red Sauce in terms of how to be successful? What would have been your, your advice handed down to your younger self? It's just about showing up. I say this even about employees. 85% of everything you do is showing up. Whether you can't do as much as you did yesterday, if you just keep showing up, it'll work out. And I think that's why I'm successful is because no matter what, I just show up. Even if it's something I got to deal with, it's not great. You got to show up and do it. If it's something great, I'll show up and do that and reward myself with these successes. But I think just showing up and doing the work, there's no shortcuts in being a successful restaurant. Restaurant again is called Red Sauce. It's in the Beaumont neighborhood in Portland. You can't miss it. It's got an upside down pizza sign out front. Chardell, thank you so much for your time. Really, what a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, coming up in two weeks, into the new year, we are off to Seattle, into the lair of the Modernist Pizza Team's headquarters to talk about this massive undertaking. So there's a lot of schools of thought between what's better, gas or wood. And so the people who use wood will always say, no, wood is better. And the people who use gas say, oh, gas is better. But I'll tell you why I like gas. It's because it's always the same temperature. I'll talk to executive chef Francisco Magoya and editor Stephanie Swan about the four-year effort that went into producing the four-volume Modernist Pizza. That's in two weeks on January 7th, 2022. Wow, new year. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and rate us, please. We are at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and here is wishing you a very happy, healthy new year. Hope to see you all in the new year when things are hopefully a little bit, well, let's say a lot better. And here is wishing you an optimal bite ratio always.